0: This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, October 10th. A lot of stuff to get to today, Corey, but I think we start out by talking about some high school volleyball that you're going to have tonight.
1: I suspect this might be the best volleyball game I see of the season. Ooh. Pine River Bacchus at Sabika. All right. All right. Do, do tell. What What about it makes you feel like this has a,
0: a regular season game of the year for Corey Tackman?
1: Uh, just gut. Just it's it's based on nothing, but both teams are in Section Five, uh-huh. um, and I think both teams are, you know, at minimum, wanting to be playing their best volleyball, you know, because it's the end of it's we're approaching the end of the season. Ideally, but in but I I don't know I just this is one of those like I think you can pencil it in pretty much every year uh, since uh, at least for the last decade or so, Sabika Volleyball has been mostly. Fairly relevant. Pine River Backus volleyball has been mostly fairly relevant. This should. This is just a good like. We're at the end of the season and uh, let's see where both teams are at like we should be peaking here getting very close to it you know what i mean yeah the sabika trojans are the home team tonight they are 10 and 10 overall they're 3 and 2 in park region conference play uh, they played in the uh, perm tournament over the weekend where they went 2 and 2 they beat rozo uh 2 to 1 they lost to perm 2-0 they beat Thief river falls 2 to 1 and then lost to Staples Motley 2 to 1. If you can believe it, for Sabika, if you include tonight, there are only four dates left in the regular season. Dang. Tonight, Thursday at Bertha Hewitt. Tuesday next week at home versus Monaga. Thursday next week at the Underwood tournament, which will feature obviously Underwood, but Verndale, Wheaton Herman Norcross, Clinton Graceville Beardsley, Kirkoven Murdoch, Sundberg, and Roseau. Because that's where we're at in the season, CJ. Yeah. Uh, Sabika is in a bit of a logjam for, I guess you would call it second place. If you want to be more official than that, it would be uh, one, two, three, four, for fifth place in the Park Region Conference. standings. Wadena-Deer wow. Creek is 5-0, and o, undefeated in PRC play. But then it's Verndale, New York Mills, Sabika, and Bertha Hewitt all three and two in conference play.
0: A lot of parity this year,
1: I guess so. Henning is two and three. Monaga one and four. Pillager O oh and five. Um, uh, yeah, so let's the Sabika Trojans, the Pioneer, River Tigers hit the road. They're sixteen and eight overall. They are five and zero oh in Northland conference play, and uh, they're coming off a tournament. Well, they were in Burnsville uh, where they went three and two. Uh, losing to Cannon Falls 2-0, beating Minneapolis Roosevelt and Bloomington Kennedy 2-0, beating Owatonna 2-1, and then losing to uh, Burnsville 2-0. They have just three dates left on the calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, Tonight, obviously, at Sabika, and then they close out the season at home. Thursday, October 12th versus LaPorte. Tuesday, October 17th at home versus Nevis. That should, again, be... Another amazing one. In the Northland Conference, Nevis and Pine River Bacchus are each undefeated at 5-0. Uh, Black Duck is 4-2. Walker Hackensack Akeley, 3-2. clearbrook two. Gonvick 2-4. Two Laporte, 2-5. northholm Kellyer 1-4. Cast Lake-Bena, 0-5. It's scheduled for a 7-15 pregame and a 730 first serve tonight on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. On the Superstation K106 app, and online at radio.com I'm really looking forward to it. Going to be a good one tonight from
0: Sabika. Hey, you know we're not going to be looking forward to, Corey? Speaking of teams that are in purple... Justin Jefferson, uh, his hamstring took him out of the game early against the Kansas City Chiefs where the yep. Vikings would lose 27-20. They're now 1-4 yep. and four on the season. It has been officially revealed today by NFL Network that Justin Jefferson is going to be moved to the injured reserve, which means that he will now be out for at least the next how many games, Corey? The next
1: four games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there's a social yeah.
0: media, uh, a, a slogan, you know, like there was tank for Trevor. There was suck for luck, yeah. suck for the duck. Yeah. Uh, there's all these kind of things. Well, Vikings fans, uh, once the team started out 0-3, had their implosion for the Trojan, meaning Caleb Williams, the right. quarterback out of USC. Uh, when they said implosion for the Trojan, they meant the team in general, not uh, not Jefferson's hamstring.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, because kablammy. By the way, their next four at Chicago, at home versus San Francisco, uh-huh. at home versus Green Bay, on the road at Atlanta.
0: These were these are three. Here's the thing, and I was I was like looking at the schedule before the Jefferson news, and I was gonna like have a wild hot take that said if the Vikings, the Vikings may only have one loss on their schedule. Up until the bye week. Right. And had a chance to like weirdly claw themselves back in it late. Right. Uh, I mean, that's not to say they can't. They're still winnable games, but uh, Jefferson is the number two player in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. So uh,
1: I don't know when Jefferson, I don't remember when he went out. uh, It was like in the third, it was like in the fourth quarter because he slipped trying to make a cut on the turf. But they competed without him. Yeah. And I'm, listen, you're not a better team without Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the this Vikings team has been all year had the ability to compete. Mhm. And they have not um they they suffer only because of their own ineptitudes, mm-hmm. not because of what the other teams have been doing to them. Right. So, uh because so that's the one part of it where um Like, There's no reason why they still shouldn't go into Chicago and win. They should beat Chicago. Um, But, you know, it's never good to not have your best player on the field. That's going to be a huge problem.
0: No, never ever. And by the way, uh, we're talking about turnovers here. This is a fun stat that uh, I want to make sure that we highlight here with the Vikings. So I know you did the math, Corey, last week, and you talked about how many points the Vikings have lost due to turnovers. By the way, Vikings had a fumble on their very first drive. Yep. Chiefs went down and scored a touchdown. Hey Corey, how many points did the Vikings lose by?
1: Um, uh, somewhere within the vicinity of a touchdown and an extra point, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, awesome. We're having fun here. Yep. Um. So if 37
1: you, points off turnovers this year.
0: So if you look at, uh, there's this uh, stat called turnover gained or lost. So your win probability added. We talk about this in baseball a lot. But the the same theory holds true in football, like how likely you are to win a ball game based on where your team is at in a particular time. Right. And the Vikings uh, are the worst in the league of offensive win probability lost this season. And it's not even close. Like, they're almost... A third ahead of Cleveland, who's the only team that's in their stratosphere. But like the second worst te- or the third worst team in the league is Las Vegas, and they're only half of what the Vikings are yeah. in terms of win probability lost, which goes to show you. And it's basically Corey had a more like, uh, uh like numbers of yep. points on the board. But this is like a not just points necessarily, but just like. You make yourself more likely to lose with every turnover, of obviously. Yeah, and this is a quantifiable way to say they're one of the worst in the league at doing that. So we have both metrics saying the same thing, which is, God dang, guys! If you take care of the football, you're like three and two or two and three at this point in the season, and it looks a lot losing Jefferson doesn't look as bad if you're around 500 yeah, and can just go around 500 until the bye week. Th-
1: that's the you're you're at 2 and you're 2 and 2 or whatever, whatever 1 and f- 1 what, and 4. No, I'm saying if oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. win some those games, now you're just like this is a stretch where we can manage. Right. We can manage this without Jefferson. Can we get through this stretch because we'll get him back and then we're almost to a bye week. And then we're like, we can get them another break. There, there's some pieces that come together, but when you lose games the way you've lost them, it's 37 points off of off of turnovers. Uh, they have not lost by a combined 37 points in all of their games. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's now if again if you assume uh, if you assume some Vikings points, which is it's, I understand the stretch that exists here, but now the Vikings are minus 81 in that category. Right, right. You're taking away points because this and this turnover happened, like around the thirty-five-ish, 45 It's Like, yeah, in your own territory, just perfectly so, set up the other team. So you just give it's it's uh, at, it, it at minimum it was going to be a field goal for for the, Kansas City. The Vikings turnovers
0: have either perfectly set up the other team in scoring position because it's been deep in their own territory, or. It's been – your team is like the Vikings are on the goal line and
1: points are right there. Sometimes it's like a 14-point swing. That right. pick six against Carolina is a 14-point swing on the scoreboard. Right, exactly. Uh, and Rough. that's
0: it's what we've talked about all year. It's why, weirdly, it felt like a death knell losing week one to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, cool. like It's only one game and every team is a weird loss at some point in the season. But now their margin for error went like this. Right. and their margin for error after another loss went like this and every single loss your margin for error basically means the vikings are going to have to play like a team they're going to have to go like 1 and 11 in their however many games left if they want to win the division
1: because detroit looks like they're just going to run away with this thing now so it's i've never i've never done it cj i would venture you have to remove the scorings remove the scoring stats from the equation because they're turning the ball over all the time uh-huh but i i would venture if you were to look at some like generic basic offensive stats for this team mm-hmm. uh, the vikings are like right in the mix yeah you know like yards per carry yards per completion the running game has third, turned around tremendously third the last down completions uh fourth like all of yards per game, all mm-hmm. of these, like, just generic, you know, in baseball would be your, your batting average, your win-loss, your RBI, you know, those sort like, I think the Vikings are, I should do this, we should do this, like, look into this. I think they're probably right in the mix. They have no points to score for it because, or to show for it, because they are not hanging on to the football. It's uh, it's like And the- it's not, I, I've heard one argument about indicting some of the uh, offensive coaching and personnel that this team has—it's like, well, this this offensive team is giving the other team the ball. Well, when we talk about the margin for error
0: when you lose a game. It's the margin for error when you turn the football over. You now took a possession away from your team where you could have scored. Well, now that means you have to score on like every other possession,
1: which it adds, it puts it the ev- pressure of like, well, man, that was this, this team did not need a three and out there. That's a bad. Po-. It's like right. this. Now they really didn't need a three and out because they, they already have Exactly. Yeah. They turned it over at the seventeen yard line before. The pressure to score on this next drive has just been been increased. All right, they make me sad. Let's talk about things that don't make me sad. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, let's talk about good things. We're win,
0: we're score. We're win,
1: win, Game three today, Corey, when yes. is that at? Uh it's two o'clock pregame 307 first pitch on 101.7 FM and AM 920 KW 80. By the way, we know tomorrow's game will be a one o'clock first pitch or, or just a little after a one uh, o'clock game. Yep. And what? then on, sets the and TV then on Friday, uh, it depends. There, it, it'll either be an afternoon game or an evening game, depending on the other, um, on the other series. So, all right, the twins have sunny gray. Yep.
0: Today. Uh, Dusty Baker said Justin Verlander is unlikely to pitch in Game Four, okay. which just means, oh my gosh, Twins! If you can win today, you're in the driver's seat because of course. because not only do the Twins have Sonny Gray going, not only do the Twins have home field advantage for the next two games, but if you can somehow win today, you have the Astros who basically are like, uh, with their like the back end of the Houston rotation is not as strong as it's been in years past. The lineup is as good as ever. But that back end of the rotation is the weakness of the Houston Astros. Get make them have to rely on that back end of the rotation, or rely on Verlander on short rest. Like those are those are the Astros two options if they in Game Four. If the Twins can win, I mean it's obviously you want to win every game. But Corey, there was a stat I told you off air yesterday, and. It was since the, wild, uh, since the ALDS format moved to 2-2-1. Two, two, uh, the, the road team, when they split and go back home for two straight games, wins two-thirds of the time. Right. What are your, what are your Game
1: 3 must-haves, and we'll let you get out of here. I, just compete. Just compete. I had a, a text message from a buddy who said, basically, uh, he's like, it's going to be a hopefully fun and deep postseason ride. Uh-huh. And I, my counter to that was, this already has been, man. I everything else that happened, I, there's nothing that can happen now that will not make me look back on this season fondly. Uh huh. The Twins have got everything that they needed to this get. Is, this has been great. Just go They're playing with house money. Keep doing what you're doing. Get big timely hits. Keep pitching well. If it if it works out for you, if it doesn't work out for you, it won't be because. Uh, uh, you didn't compete it well, won't because the they've bo- not competed in the past they're competing in the, like just compete just right. compete it'll all be fine exactly uh, i mean carlos correa we've talked about has, has had
0: his moments so far throughout the uh, the the ALDS and i know we didn't get to talk about it yesterday but this is why you go get carlos correa on your baseball team you get him on your baseball team to show up in the playoffs and carlos correa I mean, he sucked, uh, according to Carlos Correa's standards. Like, he'll be the first to tell you that he had a bad season, his worst season of his career. But he kept saying, just get me to October, though. Get me to October, and I promise you I'll turn things around. It's the aspect of the Twins have never had a player like this. Like we've watched the Twins in the playoffs over the last 20 years. It doesn't matter how good the teams are, It doesn't matter how good the players are. For the most part, it looks like half of them have pee going down their legs. Like they're they're scared to go into Yankee Stadium. And the moment feel the lights feel too bright. It's the uh it's the Donald Trump meme. He's yelling, "Get those lights off. Get them off. They're too bright." Like that's what it feels like the Twins could not handle the spotlight. But then you have a player like Carlos Correa and I know Royce Lewis hit a home, hit two home runs in a wildcard game last week. So, like, he's also added in this equation. But you have a player like Carlos Correa, and the lights never seem too bright for him. And he always is calm. He's always cool. He's collective. He knows what he's doing. And he is, I mean, all of the lack of production you got from him in the regular season, you still were able to win the division. And now, when the lights are brightest and the moment's the most important, you have your highest-paid player stepping up, and doing what your highest paid player should. He had three RBIs, two doubles, two walks. Well, should have had two walks. Uh, I I mean, everything about what Carlos Correa does is important for for the Twins. Pablo Lopez, an ace. I remember I was on the sports desk back in January. We were talking about the Pablo Lopez for Luis Riz trade, and I said, I understand everybody's upset, but give this Pablo guy a chance. He's going to be amazing. And guess what? Pablo is amazing. Uh, So there's my victory lap first, having confidence in Correa and Pablo Lopez. Uh, Sonny Gray in Game 3. Here's my one prediction. Twins fans, things are going to go wrong if Sonny Gray gives up home runs. Sonny Gray gave up the least or one of the least amount of home runs out of any pitcher in the American League this season. And it's cold at Target Field. It's going to be a lot chillier than it's been even a week ago. So the ball, and especially once the game gets later, it's going to get cooler. So the ball won't carry as much. But if the Astros are hitting the ball out of the yard against Sonny Gray, things are going to go poorly. That's just basically my, uh, my assumption. If that doesn't happen, Sonny Gray is going to put the Twins in position to win this ball game, and the Twins just need to get timely hits. That's all they need to do. They don't need to score eight runs every single time. Get the timely hits and things will work out. All right, I rambled a lot, but this has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, October 10th.